Oh, thank God. Let's, let's do our, read our, our uh, scripture that we've been reading, Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Read this with me. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Amen. Let's, let's make our declaration. You got that? All right. Jesus is my king. I am a citizen of his kingdom. I live and dwell in his kingdom. Therefore, I have access to the privileges and provisions of the kingdom. Amen. Oh, thank God. We're talking about kingdom entrance, coming into the kingdom of God. One of... Uh, Talk, I talked about this on uh, last Wednesday night in a little different way, but I'm um, going to be talking about today, perception leads to reception. You cannot receive what you cannot perceive. We have to have our eyes open. We've got to be able to see it. And a lot of us don't receive because we can't get past our perception. Amen. Perception is a powerful thing. In uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and verse 9, Jesus, the disciples said, teach us to pray, and Jesus gave them this, this prayer. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now it says, he told them to pray this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Very powerful statement, very powerful prayer. I've been praying this for years and will continue to pray this and declare it, the kingdom of God come to earth. I heard a minister say very aptly the other day, it, it really rang in my spirit that for several years, the church preached about and talked about trying to get to the heavenly kingdom. And for several, several years, God has been trying to get his kingdom into earth. We, we got to understand that he, heaven is coming, but the kingdom is, is right now. We're not waiting for the kingdom of God to come. We are living in the kingdom of God. It's living in you. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in you. He said, when, when is your kingdom coming? He said, it's in you. Amen. I preached the other night on, on where uh, it says the, the parable Jesus said that uh, a man went out and, and uh, found a treasure hidden in a field which a man hid there. And with joy, he went and sold everything that he had, and he went out and bought that field so that he could have the treasure. Now, that doesn't make sense. But when you put it into context of the fact that Jesus is describing what the kingdom is like, then he's using earthly terms to try to help us understand God's value system. 
And God invested. It says a treasure which a man hid there. And this is what I talked about last Wednesday night, about the fact that in every person God has hid a treasure. But he doesn't just come after the treasure. He's willing to buy the whole field. <clears throat> Your field. Everything you are. All your baggage, all the stuff that's happened to you, all the stuff you carry, he's willing to purchase the whole field, though it be full of weeds and thorns and piled with trash. He's willing to buy the whole field because he knows he hid a treasure in that field and he wants that treasure. When we, when we perceive, what we perceive determines what we receive. And we as the church have got to start looking better. We've got to change our perception because we don't want to miss the kingdom of God. Amen. We can miss the move of God. We can miss the kingdom of God if we can't perceive the kingdom past the vessel or past the field. Come on, somebody. We, we, we got we to gotta, we gotta say, God, open my eyes. Help me to see. We got to be able to see past the person. We, when we understand that the kingdom of God, we, we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We can be praying, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come, and walk right past the kingdom and not see it if we're, if we're looking for the wrong thing. If you have preconceived eyes, preconceived ideas about what the kingdom of God's going to be like, you're probably going to miss it. The Jews had preconceived ideas about what the kingdom was going to be like, what the Messiah was going to look like when he come. And today they are still praying at a welling wall for the Messiah to come because they could not receive uh, the Messiah because they expected him to come in scenes of royalty when Jesus came wrapped in commonality. He did, not be, he did not come wrapped in the, in the, the clothes of, of royalty that we would think would be royalty. He didn't come being announced by the priest. He didn't come being announced by the Pharisees. He came and was announced by angels and worshipped by shepherds in a crib that was made out of a manger in a barn wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the Messiah, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, arrived and nobody could see him except those that got the perception. The angels begin to sing and, and cry out, and they said, go, he's, he's in a barn. Well, most people wouldn't go look in a barn for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, commonality many times masks what God's doing. We can't seem to receive if we're familiar or if we feel like it's common or if we can't get past the package that it's wrapped in. How many times have we missed the move of God because, because we, we, we didn't like the package? Amen. We find something we don't like about it. And as soon as we find something we don't like about it, we cast the whole thing out. We are, in this area, we are the worst of the world about that. I mean, we are, the, we are Ozarkians are cynical. We are so cynical. Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor. Come on, talk to us. Amen. We are cynical, and, and we, we are fault finders. 
we're so judgmental and critical and we're we're we just don't it's it's like we can't believe it's actually going to happen here i hear the stories of stuff going on other places but i want to see it here amen i want to i want to see the glory of god here i want to see whole neighborhoods taken over by the power of God and cleaned up. I want to see the drug dealers saved because the, the, there's no more market because the drug addicts getting saved. The drug dealers are getting saved. In, in uh, Billy Sunday's day, the alcohol was, was the big thing, and he would preach and go in towns and preach, and the bars would have to close down because all the patrons got saved, and then the bar owners would get saved, and next thing you know, there was a church where the bar used to be. That's God. Amen. And I believe that that's the same here. That, that prophetic word that God gave me for this year sounds strange because he, he says that the, the ring of the hammer will sound again. It's like, well, there's churches, there's ministries being built all over the place. I mean, there, you, there's not, a, there's not a, a shortage of ministries. And I prayed, I asked God, I said, what are you talking about? He said, I'm coming to build my kingdom. He said, there's a lot of good ideas. We've launched a lot of good ideas. But God's wanting to launch his power. He's wanting to launch his vision. Matter of fact, he said, I put my blueprints in the hands of the builders and my, and my uh, strategies in the hearts of the kings. And God's going to begin to cause strategies to, to form and builders to begin to build something that is going to bring honor and glory to God is going to be effective. It's not going to be like we've seen it. It's not going to be like we've experienced it. We're going to have to break down the barriers and the walls, take the scales off of our eyes, get rid of the picture we've been holding up in front of us that says this is the move of God and start looking for what God says is the move of God. We've got to get our eyes open. Because God's liable to send an all-powerful move of God in the form and package that's hard for us to accept. Amen. Jesus told him, said, I, you know, a prophet's not without honor except in his hometown and, and among his, his, his relatives. And I, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. And I even confronted him about that one day. I said, God, you've made me stay in my hometown. You couldn't even minister there. What's the deal? They threw you out, and they've been trying to throw me out of here for years. Why'd you make me stay here? But God has a plan. He has a purpose. Amen. Because God wants to begin to show forth his glory in packages that we don't anticipate it coming through. Amen. Praise God. Let me just blow you away. Nobody, it was hard for us to swallow the package of, of Donald Trump. Matter of fact, God gave me a prophetic word before all that ever even happened, before he ever ran for office, that he was putting his words in the mouths of people that the church was going to reject, that his voice was going to start coming forth through vessels that we was going to have a hard time accepting, and yet he's done it. 
Amen. Now, I know that just, everybody just cringes when you say that. Get over yourself. Just get, get out there and say, God, I'm just going to let you do what you want to do in the vessels you want to do. When's the last time we had a vice president that went around constantly saying, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Constantly declaring that. We are in a time of grace. God has given us a time of grace, and it's come through a rough businessman that has no cooth or bedside manner, and he is, he is standing up and saying, this is what we're going to do. And a lot of people have a hard time accepting that because he's not perfect. God help us. When we, you know, I told somebody the, the other day, I said, you know, I don't want Donald Trump to be the pastor of my church. Quit trying to make him the pastor of the church. He's a rough-talking person. I'm not going to get on politics, but I'm saying God packaged his word, and he packaged. He, God used the vessel that we would never have dreamed to get the, the capital moved to Jerusalem and Israel and to start establishing Israel. Who would have ever expected that? But he had the courage to stand up in the face of all the world and everybody that was against him and make that declaration. Why? Because God moved him. Harry, Harry Truman was a very rough-spoken person. I mean, he was a crude-spoken person. He was rough. But he was part of getting, getting uh, Israel reestablished. And when, he, when that happened, Harry Truman hit his fist on his desk in the Oval Office and said, I am King Cyrus. What was he saying? He said, we're repeating history. He was making a biblical decoration because he knew what was going on. And he got to play the role of the ungodly king that heard the word of God, you hearing what I'm saying? And caused the children of Israel and Nehemiah to be able to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. Wow. God uses some of the strangest people. That should give all of us hope. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. How's he going to come? What's it going to look like? What, what is, who's, who's he coming? The Bible says that he's coming in people because he lives in us. Amen. When, when, the, when the power of God was poured out on the day of Pentecost, he didn't use angels. He used people. He filled people. And people spoke. The very one that, that was an outcast because he had publicly denied Jesus got up and preached a word to 3,000 people got to receive Jesus Christ. Perception. We have to change our perception. I want you to go with me to the book of John, chapter 4. We call it the woman at the well. Book of John chapter 4. In verse 7 it says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. 
for his disciples had gone away in the, into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have nothing, no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, you hear what I'm saying? If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would, <clears throat> he would given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Japheth, you, you gave us, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go, your, go call your husband and, and come here. The woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have five husbands, and the, the one whom you uh, have now is not your husband. And now you spoke truly. I want you to notice that this woman is very argumentative with Jesus. She can't get past the fact that in front of her is a Jew. Jesus said, if you knew the gift. She said, I see a Jew. And Jesus said, if you knew the gift. And so she was very combative with him. What do you, you don't have anything to draw with. And you're asking me to give you a drink. Uh, you know, you're a Jew. What are you doing talking to me? And then when Jesus, Jesus finally cut to the chase and said, go call your husband. And she said, I have no husband. Jesus said, yeah, I know you've had five and you're shacked up with one right now. And so I know who you are. I know what's going on in your life. And she immediately said this, I perceive that you're a prophet. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how when the gift starts working, all of a sudden our perception changes. She said, I perceive you're a prophet, and immediately went back to an argument about worship. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and the Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place of worship. We're one ought to worship. But Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor on Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I want you to notice something. Until perception changed, she was not able to receive the gift. She couldn't get past the package to get the gift. Amen. Praise God. You can, you, can dress up, you can dress up an old rock in a real nice package and people will anticipate, whoo, look at that. You know, big box real fancy decoration stuff it's, this is really really nice and really important and and or you could you could take a diamond and dress it up in a cardboard box and they wouldn't have the same reaction 
The treasure on the inside isn't always what the outside presents. And we have a hard time with receiving your miracle, your healing might be in this room right now in the heart and hands of somebody that you don't get along with very well. Somebody you don't perceive as being very spiritual. Amen. I've actually had people say, I don't want, you know, I don't want them praying for me. They're not a spiritual enough. They didn't think Jesus was very spiritual. I mean, you got to understand that sometimes the package doesn't re represent what the, the gift is. In, in uh, the book of, of uh, Mark, turn with me to the book of Mark. Chapter, oh, let me, let me give you one more verse. In verse 29, this is what the woman went away saying, come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Christ? At first, she just, had, she, she just kept repelling everything that he said, arguing with everything that he said. And then, but by the time when she finally perceived and was able to receive from the gift, she left that place saying, I think I found the Christ. Amen. Because he might have been a Jew, but he told me everything that, I needed, that I'd ever done. Can you imagine that? There is something about God penetrating the heart with light that changes everything. Sometimes it's just a word fitly spoken that's like apples of golden vessels of silver that literally turn the heart wrong side out and say, God, I know you're talking to me. Amen. I know you're talking to me. Praise God. I mean, when God speaks, who, who would, I mean, it ha it's a supernatural thing. Stop and think about it, a supernatural thing. Angels, Holy Spirit coordinating with when Michael Gilbert meeting this young man and confronting him and telling him to come to service. And then, then we show up down there and God specifically speaks to that very issue and that very thing. That's not happenstance. That's not, that's not just, well, it just happened. You know, that is, that is divine appointments and divine encounters with people operating one souls, one, one scatters, one souls, and one gives the increase. God gives the increase. I mean, I'm trying to get way ahead of myself here. God gives the increase. When we understand that God works through people, we will stop trying to find God in some type of atmospheric thing, and we'll start realizing that his kingdom could be walking right by me right now. Amen. The kingdom of God goes wherever you go. Wherever you're at, there's the kingdom. I love watching the videos of a guy named Todd White. He just, he, he confuses me. <laughs> he has no inhibition whatsoever. Shares the gospel with everybody. Can be rejected and doesn't faze him a bit. You know, he just keeps going. Keep sharing the gospel with people. Keep he's just he's just out he's a distributor of the kingdom of God. He just and but when you look at him, you would not go to him for anything spiritual. He's got these big dreadlocks that he wears in a pile on his head and, and stuff. And, you know, just he doesn't look like, you know, he's not dressed like me. I'm dressed like a pastor, see. A lot of times he wears those shoes with the toe things. Those tennis shoes have the individual weirdest thing I ever seen. I couldn't stand them. My toes would feel like they was trapped inside there. 
you know, each, each toe, he, you know, and all this kind of stuff. They're, the package doesn't seem like something to receive, but, but he constantly goes out and just distributes the kingdom of God every day. It, when he's in a restaurant, he's distributing Jesus. When he's in Walmart, he's distributing Jesus. When he's on an airplane, he's distri- distributing Jesus. He's just, he's just so happy and excited. And it's, it's, it's like, hey, you know, Jesus loves you. Get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. Well, he loves you. Uh, you, you've got a pain in your back right now. You know, people say, I don't want to talk to you. And he, he'll start with, you've got a pain in your back right now, don't you? It, it, you know, it, and, and he'll say, can I pray for you about that? And it just starts breaking down their defenses with a gift. You see what I'm talking about? We've got to learn that the gift inside of us is what distributes the kingdom, not our appearance or not, not what we see and what we perceive of the world. We've got to be able to see past that and see the kingdom. Discerning. Perception means to, see, to discern something clearly. To discern it clearly. Amen. There's times that I discern that something's not right clearly. There's that too. Matter of fact, there's, there's those that everybody's chasing after thinks, man, the kingdom of God is with this guy, and I'm appalled, I'm repelled, I can't connect to it. You know why? Because I see the spirit, I see it's not a spirit of, of God, the Holy Spirit. It is a spirit of manipulation. And people just, just follow after these people that, that just love to do nothing but manipulate people. And yet they flock after them. Why? Because we are so we are so trained to go after the package. How we package it in Mark chapter six. Is that where we're going? Everybody there? I gave you 15 minutes to get there. Mark chapter six. Verse one through six. Then he, he went out from there and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Now they're noticing that there's something here besides the guy that grew up in their church. I want you to notice, they're saying, where do you get these things? Where do you get this wisdom? Where do you get this power? And then they said, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother James, Joseph, Judas, Simeon, and are not his sisters with us? So they were offended at him. Isn't that amazing? The king of kings, the Lord of glory, the power of God walking in, in the dust of the earth. They were offended him. They saw that there was a power there, but they were offended because of familiarity. They were familiar with him, and therefore it can't be God. How many times do we reject gifts among us, and those gifts have to go somewhere else to operate? Amen. Matter of fact, people will accept a stranger before they'll ever accept anybody they know. Amen. I can go other places in this country and have tremendous outpourings of the Holy Spirit and, and meetings that just, just amaze you. 
Amen. But they don't know me, which amazes me. They don't know me, but they're able to receive from me. You know why? They receive from what, where I'm at. People that know me receive from where I come from. And I'm not, I'm not complaining, okay? I'm just using myself as an illustration because I fit this story, okay? When we, when we understand how God works and we understand the gift of God, then we can start receiving the gift of God from people that we're not sure how they got it. But I need it. And so I'm going to receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. They were offended. Jesus said, you know, prophets with that honor. Now, he could do no mighty work there except that he lays hands on a few sick people and healed them. Now, I want you to notice, we get a few people healed. We think it was a mighty work. Jesus said he could do no mighty work there but heal a few people. I want you to just think about how, how high the bar needs to be raised. Come on, somebody. A few sick people getting healed should be, should be a, 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 a down day for us. Somebody say, well, did you have a good service at church? Yeah, there, it, it was kind of down. There was only, we, only had, we only had some people healed. We'd be rejoicing, wouldn't we? But Jesus, it says that Jesus could do, do no mighty work there, but he healed a few sick people. And he marveled because of their unbelief that he went about the then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Now they couldn't get past what they were seeing with their natural eyes and the package that was before them because they knew who he was. Is this not the carpenter? Is this not? I mean, we know his family. How's he? How's he think that he's going to be able to give us anything? How's he think he's going to be able to teach us anything? But they just got through saying that something had been given to him that they, that wasn't of him. Amen. We know this guy, and yet where did he get this stuff? But then they were offended at him. They couldn't receive. Now I want you to go over to verse 53. It says, when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. I want you to notice in the other place, in his hometown, the people recognized him. But here in Gennesaret, the people recognized him. But what were they recognizing? After they recognized him, they ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made well. What is the difference here? Did Jesus just have a bad day in Nazareth? You know, was he just having a bad day, just couldn't quite come up? No, it was a fact that people perceive. They recognize him. They recognize the person. But in Gennesaret, they recognize the gift. And they, were, they connected to the gift instead of the person. And when they connected to the gift, everybody that came, they started running everywhere and gathering up everybody that had a need and bringing him and saying, I know he can heal you. And they'd bring him and they'd say, just walk by, just let us touch the hem of your garment. And we'll be, I wonder if, they, if somebody hadn't went there, the, the woman that 
touch the hem of his garment. I wonder if she didn't go on vacation over to Deseret and just happened to share her story a little bit. And when Jesus showed up, that's how that's what they focused on. I'll just walk by and let us touch the hem of your garment because a lot of times we receive what we're able to perceive. They had the hem of his garment healing thing going on because that's what they perceived. That's what they had. That's what they had heard about. And Jesus just walked through the streets, and everyone that touched the hem of his garment was healed. Another place that says that he sat down in the house, and long lines of people come to the house. It was like an assembly line, and he healed everybody that was possessed of devils, that had unclean spirits, that had sicknesses, infirmities. He healed everybody. But in Nazareth, he could do no great work. Why? Because we're always looking for something great from somewhere that we're not connected to, and we can't recognize the kingdom of God that is right here with us. Amen. I'm not against the gifts of God coming from other places. That's not because I do it. I go to other countries as a gift of God, and I minister to people, and they receive because they expect that, because that's what, that's what I, they hear that I am, and so they receive from me. They receive from the gift of God. Amen. We have to stop and ask ourselves, you know, God can send a great evangelist into this area and do a great work, but we would still fall short if we couldn't connect with the fact that the kingdom of God is being built all around us and we are, we are joints fitly framed together, every joint supplying, and until we start connecting with the familiar around us and let God build the kingdom, we're never going to have anything but a weak thing that some anointing brings in and when they leave it leaves with them why because we can't recognize the kingdom that's being built right here right among us right next to us there's somebody that has my miracle right here with me come on somebody there's somebody that can help me right here but we just have a hard time receiving from that which we can't perceive Amen. Praise God. God's brought all kinds of gifts into this area. God's raised up all kinds of gifts in this area. All kinds of anointings, all kinds of men. And we have a hard time seeing it. Why? Because that's just old Rick Youngblood down there. He went to Halster School. We knew him. He grew, we, we went to school with him. Well, that's just old Kevin Reich down there at Brookside. We, we've known him since he was a big kid. He never was little. He said that the other day. He said, back when I was little, I said, Kevin, you were never little. But we have a tendency, oh, that's just Kevin. I got to tell you something. God has invested a gem inside of Kevin Reich. There's an anointing there that's powerful. He might, look, he might come across like a big soft teddy bear, but there's a warrior power inside of him. I call him the Tower of Power. There's a power inside of him that, that when he begins to worship, 
when he begins to just worship God and pray, there's a power that's released. I got to tell you something. You know who I'm going to run to when I need help? I'm going to run to somebody I know God's put, put an anointing on, a gift inside of them. Amen. I know them. I know their weaknesses. I know how frail they are. And yet I know there's a treasure on the inside of them. And if I can just connect to the treasure instead of the person, if I can connect to the gift instead of the package, then I can receive the gift. Amen. We have to understand that God moves in strange ways and mysterious ways, and he uses people that we would not pick. Jesus did not pick anybody to be a disciple of his that was qualified or that we would have picked. He even picked Judas, and he knew Judas, but yet he had a purpose for Judas. We've got to start looking past the package, and we've got to start seeing the gift. Amen. Oh, Jesus has, has gifts for us. I said the other night, I said, hey, somebody, somebody here's got pain in your arms, and I don't know which arm it is. Actually, it's in your shoulders. I can't figure out which arm it is. And this, this little, little uh, I think she's Mexican, Spanish gal come up. She's about this tall. She, she walked up in front of me and, and went like this. And I said, you got pain in your arms? She said, both of them. And I said, well, no wonder I couldn't figure out what, what arm it was. And I said, it's right here. And I touched her shoulders in a certain place, and she went, oh. When I touched her shoulders, she flinched in pain. And I just laid my hands on her shoulders and began to, began to thank God. I don't think, I don't remember if I prayed or not. I laughed most of the time I was praying for because I was ex God, we was experiencing God and it's so fun and exciting to, to, to experience, you know, God's doing something. It's just, you know, it's, you get to watch it. You get to be a part of it and it's exciting. And I could feel my hands are naturally warm all the time. I mean, I got, I got, I got some warm hands. They sweat all the time. I don't know what's wrong with them, but they, they're warm and wet all the time. I'm constantly wiping them off because my hands are always, I can melt snow with my hands in the wintertime. I mean, when I'm working outside, I can put my hand in the snow and it just start melting and, fall, and steam will roll off of it. It's just the it's just way I'm made. And so when I lay my hands on somebody and I start feeling heat, I know it's hot because I'm my hands are naturally warm. And when I start feeling heat, I know something's getting hot. And I had my hands on her shoulders, and I was laughing because my hands felt like, I felt like I had my hands on a stove. And I was just saying, oh, God, thank you. Thank you for healing this lady. And she got, I got through praying for her, and I said, you work. The work you do, you have to raise your hands above your head. You have to work above your head, and it's been, it's been hurting you. She said, I've been in pain all day. And I said, so you, you haven't been, you can't raise your arms up. And she smiled, and she went, <laughs> just smiling at me, raised her hands straight up, and just stood there smiling. I said, the pain's gone. Just simple, simple. What was it? It wasn't me because if she had connected to me, I don't have anything to offer. 
but she grabbed hold of the gift. She believed there was a gift there for her. And she grabbed hold of it, and she received from the gift. Oh, if we can just start realizing that get past ourselves. We are so insecure about ourselves. It's not about you. You're just the package. It's you, sir, you are wrapped. A gift is wrapped with your package, and you've just got to start believing in the gift instead of the package. you got to start letting the gift come out and let the gift flow. Let, the, let people connect to the gift. Jesus could do no great work there because of their unbelief. What was it? They, they couldn't connect to the gift because they couldn't get past the man. Amen. I, I believe with all my heart that God has a, has a purpose and a plan for this church and for this region. And if we're going to receive that, we're going to have to start allowing the gifts that are inside of us and inside of the people we're familiar with to begin to come out and to manifest. Where did this guy get these things? That's what we say so often. Where did this guy get these things? And then we see the glory of God. Amen. See, when you look at the gift... When I go to Africa, they literally, they literally shake and tremble when I come into their church because they see me as, as the gift that God's called me to be. I come here, there ain't none of you shivering and shaking. Oh, because you know me. We grew up, we've been, I've been, we've been here together for a long time. Amen. Why? Because there, there's, a, there's a power in being able to shut off our perception of who we are and our and the package and start seeking and searching for the treasure so often we can't get past the weeds and the thorns in the field to find the treasure that's hidden there oh thank you lord praise god i don't know about you but i want to see i want to see the power and glory of god develop in every one of you and i want you to be able to receive and i want you to be able to give of what god has put inside of you because there is a gift in every one of us it's not there it's not just certain people it's not just the pastor god has put gifts in every person amen the Bible talks about the different gifts. You know, we talk about the five, five gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, but that's just the five. There's several more. There's, there's helps. There's administration. There's, there's gifts of healing, gifts of miracles. There's all types of gifts that we need to op learn to uh, operate in and let it come to the front because I got to tell you some gifts and administration is what keeps a move of God from falling apart. The anointing might build it, but you got to have administrators behind it or it just comes to nothing. You got to have helps. You got to have people that have a will and a mind to help. What is helps? That means you help. You're always looking for what needs to happen, what needs to be taken care of. And you take your job seriously. I saw the funniest thing. 
the other day that I've ever seen. The, uh, the Los Angeles Rams head coach has a guy, another coach, that his, his specific job is to keep him from running in and colliding with the official that runs up and down the field right in front of him. I mean, this guy has a position, and he's, he's always standing there by the coach, always watching, standing around him. And here, come, here comes the ref. The coach is out there, you know, watching the game, coordinating the game. And here comes the ref running backwards down the field watching, and they're going to collide. And this guy's standing there, and he reaches up, pulls the coach back just in time and puts him back out there, and he's watching. And the coach is running up and down the field. This guy's right behind him, running up and down the field, watching. And, and all of a sudden, he sees a collision coming. And he grabs the coach and boos him over here out of the way. And he's always right there. You, gotta, you say, well, that's funny. It wouldn't be funny if the coach and the ref was always colliding. Thank God for somebody that feels the power and responsibility to keep the problem from happening. To take care of it. Amen. Helps. Somebody, you know, somebody that's that likes their job, likes their position. It wouldn't work very well if that guy that was doing that, you know, if secretly in his heart was jealous of that of that head coach and wanted his job. Wouldn't work very long. But when he takes when he takes that serious and realizes he has a very important job, then everything works good. Hallelujah. There are gifts that God has placed in each one of us that we've got to start saying, God, let the gift be released in me. Let your gift be released in me. And you'll run into people that, that say, well, I know you. Well, they might not be able to receive from you, but there's going to be somebody else to walk up and say, I perceive. I perceive. Oh, connect to the gift. There's an elder minister who lives up in Pleasant Hope that every once in a while, every chance I get, I run up there and just sit. He's, he's up in years, not able to get around, has to walk on a walker, but he has seen the glory and power of God I mean, he has walked in the power of God. He's raised people from the dead. He saw miracle after miracle. His church in upstate New York, the walls used to be lined with crutches and, and all kinds of things that people were healed of and didn't need any longer. He saw it. He's walked it. He's seen it. He's experienced it. And he is, like, he is like an encyclopedia of Bible knowledge. I mean, he has studied the Word of God, and he has a hard time talking because he's had a stroke, and, and, and he has a hard time focusing. But I, every chance I get, I drive to Pleasant Hope, and I go in and sit on the bed right beside him, and I just sit there and listen, and I try to get knowledge and understanding out of him. I just want to hear him talk. He's from this area. He's grew up in this area. He, he pastored here for years and then went to New York, upstate New York, and had 25 years of nonstop revival. Thousands of people got saved. Miracles taking place. And I like to just go sit on his bedside 
right by, he's in, sits in a, a big recliner all propped up, and I like to just go up there and just listen to him and say, and ask him questions. I like what, what uh, one pastor said. He said, if you're in a room and you're the smartest person in that room, you're in the wrong room because you need to get in a room where there's people smarter than you so you can learn and grow. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. I just, I just want you to get this so much. I want you to grab hold of the fact. Stand with me. I want you to grab hold of the fact that there is a gift standing right next to you. There's a miracle right next to you. There's a healing right next to you. There's a prophetic word right next to you. There's, there's an all-out outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Who knows what some of these children that we're, go, that we're raising up and that we're going to be raising up in this church, who knows what they're going to accomplish. We never know. But if we can start letting it happen, God changed my perception. God help me to be able to see you. Help me to be able to see you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, help me to be able to see you. Lord, help us to honor and respect the gifts of God, the gifts that you've put in this area, in this region. To walk in honor, to walk in respect. No matter how familiar, no matter how much we think we know, 